Hello and welcome back to the Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast presented by TIBS College Bookstore. Ben Portnoy here joined by Murphy Wheeler. No Cam Drummond, he's on his way back from East Lansing, but uh, he's uh, we're not sure where he's at yet. But Murphy, we had a uh, quite, quite, a, quite a night last night and uh, yeah, Indiana picks up a win against Michigan State, <laughs> number six, breaks the losing streak at the Breslin Center. Um... Let's just start with this premise. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, wh- how? how on earth did this happen? Um, Juwan Morgan obviously went down pretty early with an injury, didn't play most of the game. Uh, Al Durham dealt with an injury part, part of the game. but yeah, it, really it, yeah, Al had a great game. And Indiana pulls out the upset, 79-75, number six team in the country, one of the harder places to play in the country. And uh, for their first win in, I think it was 25 or 23 tries. I can't remember. Yeah. 25 or 23 tries. Uh, They had lost 22 of their last 23 going into last night at the Breslin Center. That's um, not good. (laughs) And out of all the teams. And the team that won was the Victor Oladipo, Cody Zeller team. So anyway, you know, you look at this team. They've now pulled out a big, big win. What'd you see? What do you think? What does this do for the team? Yeah, I mean, we got to start by saying, first of all, this was obviously not the best performance by Michigan State by any means. That is also true. <laughs> the free throw problems were a huge deal um, from this game. Eight of 22. Uh, Nick Ward goes one of nine. Um, so, yeah, obviously this wasn't Michigan State at its best. We have to start by saying that. But you do have to give some props either way to IU. The, the fact that they can go on the road, go to Michigan State against – what, what was Michigan State ranked? Six Number six, yeah. Number six coming into this game. In the country. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a good win no matter how Michigan State plays. They should have won. Michigan State, by all means, should have won that game, um, not even considering the fact um, the losing streak that IU was on going in. Yeah. Um, and just to add the fact that Jawan Morgan doesn't play for most of the game, Rob Finnessy doesn't score foul. Yeah, Finnessy didn't have a single point. Yeah. So And they still win. Um, now, I think a big thing that really helped, and I have obviously on past podcasts not been the biggest fan of these two guys, um, but they really helped last night. That was Devontae Green and Deron Davis. Uh, the fact that both of those guys were back really helped. They both played really well. Um, Green obviously hit three three-pointers, uh, three for four. Davis came in and played a big role in the post when Morgan was out. And, you know, this is the kind of game where Davis, this was the kind of matchup that he's perfect for. Oh, yeah. Nick Ward's a huge dude. Yep. So, I mean, this is the kind of game you needed Deron Davis, and he came out and played really well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's got to be promising just because this is probably – is this the healthiest – See, it's not even the healthiest we've seen IU, but like yeah, close to. I mean, they're getting there. They're getting there. Together, they're getting close to that, and I guess we can. I guess we see what we can do whenever they do have a full roster, and it does help again to have guys like Green and Davis back to have more depth um, that they've lacked. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned Devonta or Devonta Green, Deron Davis as well. Um, this is the most minutes that he's played in a game. No, sorry, against Michigan State. Obviously, it was an overtime game, but still. Uh, played 25 minutes. That's the most minutes he's played in a game all year. Um, the second most, <laughs> the second most was 23, and that was against Arkansas, and that was way back in uh, mid mid November. So, right, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, to get Deron Davis back at least, and uh, you could tell he's not fully healthy. I mean, he he was getting uh, he was getting that leg that he's had issues with uh, massage down the stretch uh, as he took took some time on the bench. Yeah, definitely. You could tell he was he was 
working for his uh, working for his minutes. But um, getting Devonte or Devonte Duran Davis um, back and healthy and to the point where they can you know use him in the post. He had a couple of really nice finishes in and around the paint. Um, is huge for this team because. As good as Juwan Morgan is, and as much as he can play above his size, and the same can be said for Justin Smith, it, it helps to have a six eleven, you know, two hundred forty pound guy in the middle of the middle of the paint to actually match up with someone, um, someone like a, for example, last night Nick Ward, um, and Indiana's really lacked that. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, they had just we t- didn't even talk about Justin Smith. He really stepped up too with Morgan out last night. Um, you know, he took. He was 6 of 17, which isn't a great shooting percentage. But the fact that he took 17 shots is good because this is what they've needed him to do. They needed him to be a little bit more aggressive offensively. And he ended up getting 13 points, 10 rebounds. He also had a good game. But like you said, yes, this it's very promising. It's great to have Devontae come in and hit some big shots. It's great to have Al step up and have a good game. But I think the most promising thing from this game overall has to be the fact, like we've said, the depth behind Morgan was shown, finally, because I don't think it has been all year. And I think Davis is capable of that, but we just haven't seen him healthy. And I honestly still, I mean, this is just one game, and I still don't know if we'll ever see him fully healthy again. It just don't, I just don't know. Yeah, you can tell he's still battling with that, that Achilles that, uh, that took him down last year. But I, I think, like you said, the depth piece is really interesting because I think, you know, Indiana's had its struggles, and a lot of it has has been because of injuries. I mean, now to be fair, every team in the country deals with injuries, but at the same time, this is the, this is a team that's had to deal with a lot. Um, and then Devonte Green getting su- suspended for breaking team rules. Um, this is just you know this was one of those games that first of all the way it shook out. You know, Juwan Morgan goes down. This team had no right to be winning to win this game almost in a way. I mean, you lose your top scorer, your or sorry second leading scorer. Um, your vocal leader, um, it, it just it, this team had every opportunity to fold and just collapse and let Michigan State run away with this game, and they didn't. They came back and they were, I think they were, tra- they were trailing by three at halftime, hung around, hung around, hung around, won in overtime. Um, it, it was just a really gutsy performance from Indiana. Um, I think too another little note that I thought was interesting, and it makes sense with uh, Juwan Morgan going down, but Justin Smith took a lot of shots last night. Took the same amount of shots on the team. Seven was six for seventeen, so f- not his best shooting performance, but it, it picked up a lot more shots. Had thirteen points, uh, ten rebounds, double double for him. Um, I kind not that this is like forecasting super far in the future, but it kind of gives you an idea of what life might be like without Juwan Morgan, say next year, um, and what this and that you know that Justin Smith can almost fill in that role at least to some degree um when you know a guy like morgan needs needs a breather which he definitely has needed and you you've seen how how hard it has been for him to get up and down the court a little bit um in these these last few weeks um so i I thought that was one interesting tidbit there with with morgan out justin smith definitely stepped up to the occasion yeah for sure i mean another guy that gave him some good minutes was jake forster yeah nine minutes you know, on paper, not a lot, but he had two points, four rebounds. He fouled out, but I mean, he was aggressive. So, yeah. And they needed somebody like that too. So again, they're sh- slowly finding pieces um, to put together to kind of make a cohesive unit. Finally, because I don't know, definitely not in the Big Ten season, and maybe not even since early in the season when we're talking like Marquette and Arkansas, those games. Right. We haven't seen a full you know, consistent rotation from this team. Definitely. And I think that's kind of what we're finally, you know, getting to see a little bit. 
Um, if, again, we still have to see you guys to stay healthy. I mean, Jawan obviously was hurt last night. Um, so we'll see if he can bounce back from that. Um, it seems like a shoulder injury that he's had problems with in the past. Um, so we'll see. But, I mean, again, that's good to see. Um, and it's just funny. I mean, I was thinking earlier in the week, I thought on the road at Rutgers would have been a great win for this team. And yeah, like, definitely. They really need to win. Yep. And then they yep. That's like I mean, that's, that's that's why I find so much like absurdity in the, the fact that they won this game is because three days earlier they went on the road to one of the lesser lesser teams of the Big Ten. And, you know, Rutgers is marginally better than they were last year, but still, they go and lose to one of the worst teams in the Big Ten on the road, and then all of a sudden you flip around three days later and you're on the road at the Breslin Center and you beat the number six team in the country. Like it, it makes absolute it defies logic. And maybe this is the turnaround right here. Maybe it is. It might be. I mean, and, you know, and also, for what it's worth, you know, not to say that one win cures all ills, but there was definitely a restlessness among IU, the IU fan base. The people were down. People are down on the program. Um, obviously, this is a, a fan base that gets riled up, gets very high for the highs, and gets very low for the lows. Um, and I think that this, in terms of a morale-boosting win, this was... One of, I would argue that this was one of the biggest morale boosting wins in the last 10 years in terms of where the program was at. The program is at that point in time, absolutely. I mean, I think I was having this conversation with with some of my buddies last night when we were watching the game. And the only game that I can think of that might have had the same impact in terms of the fan base reaction might have been the Kentucky game, the watch shot. And, And, like,. You know, with I agree, I agree, I agree with the magnitude of it and what that Kentucky team ended up doing. But I, I just thought it was interesting in that you know, this is a game that people didn't really peg Indiana for. I, honestly, I thought it was ridiculous that it was a college game day set game. It, it lived up to all the hype, and it was uh, it was a heck of a ball game. Justin Smith had that really nice block down the down the stretch too that I forgot to mention earlier. Yeah, made some big plays. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a complete effort, and that's the thing. Like we haven't really talked about Romeo Langford, but he had 19 points last night, six of 18 shooting, so not his best shooting night. He did hit two of five from three, uh, and I'll get to the three point shooting in a second. But um, but this wasn't a game dominated by any one person. I mean, Langford had 19, Justin Smith had 13, Durham had 14, uh, Deron Davis had 12, uh, Devontae Green had 11 off the bench. I mean that that's a spread out scoring attack and we have not seen that at all this season um and i think that there was a swagger to Devonte green when he got on the court last yeah. night i mean he was he was by chomping at the bit a little bit and I, I, he had some big shots um down the stretch See, yeah i think I that this because I, I think that this team is like you know the way that archie miller is as a coach and i think the mentality that he instills is like one that it's kind of like that junkyard dog mentality. They're they want to be an underdog almost. Um, you know, there are certain teams that you know they hit the top. You know, Tom Brady is going to go out there and says, you know, I'm the best and I know it. But I think that this Indiana team, like their identity, and I think the identity of what Archie Miller's teams are, and they were this, this way at Dayton especially, um, is that you know they're the underdog, but they're going to go and they're going to grind it out, and they're going to beat you because they will themselves to beat you. And I think that was, that was kind of the case uh, last last night right it was a big win for miller in general yeah it's the biggest win of his tenure oh yeah i would, I would imagine and, you know i think the biggest one before this was probably marquette yeah earlier in the season. yeah which continues to look better and better right absolutely so i mean that was big for him just considering obviously there was some discourse with the fan base with him as well. <laughs> yeah um 
but yeah, I feel like, and you know, the thing is, come tournament time, whenever we get close to, you know, we're talking about teams on the bubble, this game, this is the game right here that you can look at for IU. I mean, this and Marquette. So, I mean, those two wins right there. If, if and Louisville. On the, and Louisville. You, you have three top 15 wins right now. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. I never really thought of it. This team lost at Rutgers and has three top 15 wins. If you picked Indiana, you are lying. You're. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the thing. tournament time. If they're still in the bubble, I mean, hey, you have to probably put them in with those kind of wins. Definitely, and we'll get to a little bubble talk, a little Murphytology later. Yeah, a little Murphytology. <laughs> we'll get to some bracket talk later, but uh, yeah, big win for the Hoosiers. Uh, Ten of twenty from three point. That's another thing worth noting before we head to the break. Fifty uh, percent from three. That is far and away one of the better stat uh, nights they've had this season, especially with the troubles they've had behind the arc all year. Um, that's it for Michigan State, I think, and we'll uh, we'll hit you guys on the flip side. TIS College Bookstore has been outfitting generations of IU fans for over 56 years, and we have the largest selection of IU apparel and gifts in Bloomington. Start your holiday shopping with 25% off one regular priced apparel or gift item at iugear.com when you use promo code IUBB. If you're in town for the game, stop by TIS and show us your athletic ticket stub, and we'll give you 25% off one IU sportswear item. TIS College Bookstore, representing everything IU. Hello and welcome back to the Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast presented by TIS College Bookstore. Ben Portnoy here joined by Murphy Wheeler. No Cam Drummond today on the show. He's traveling back from beautiful East Lansing, Michigan. Murphy, we talked uh, We talked some specifics about the, the, the MSU game uh, from last night on the, on the other side. Um, but let's talk a little bit big picture here. You know... Not to forecast out super far, but this is a big win for Indiana. It goes without saying. But looking looking forward, we've got four games in the next, whatever, week and a half or so, two weeks. Uh, you got Iowa, home against Iowa, home against Ohio State, at Minnesota, home against Purdue. Three home games, that's at a, at a Minnesota, a beatable Minnesota team. Right. Tough place Ooh. to play. Tough place at the barn is tough place to play, that said. Um, but what do you see? I, I mean – how much does this change sort of the forecast of the next couple of weeks, really, um, looking at this team? Right, yeah. I mean, you would imagine this Michigan State win would give them a lot of momentum. Yeah. Forward. You would think it should. Now, will it? We've seen this team go up and down so much, we really don't know at this point. But you would think it would. And it's really good. They're coming off, obviously, a very tough stretch in their schedule. We talk about this losing streak. We've talked about how bad they played during that losing streak. But you do have to also realize that it, it was a really tough stretch. They had Michigan twice. They were at Purdue. They were at Maryland. They had Nebraska. I mean, they played some really good teams during this, this run of losses. Um, and now they're finally coming home. They've been on a lot of road games. They're finally coming home. They're going to have three out of the four at home, like you said. I feel like that's also really good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like... The 10-1 and one at home this season, so... Right, exactly. And... At that Thursday 9 o'clock p.m. game against Iowa. Assembly Hall's going to be rocking. You would think it's going to be pretty crazy in there. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think I think it will. I think they will kind of respond well to this win. Yeah. And I think Iowa and Ohio State at home, these next two games, are very winnable. Totally. Iowa's a good team. Iowa's a good team. They're playing really well. And they shoot the ball really well, too. They're playing really well right Yeah, beat Michigan by, what, like 15 points the other night? Right? Something like that. I would put them... In the Big Ten, I would say there's six top teams, and Iowa is right there in that mix. Definitely. Um, 
probably in the lower end, but still. At home, this is a game that IU can conceivably win. Ohio State, the next game at home, Ohio State's not playing very well at all. They're right. kind of in that group with Indiana and Nebraska, yep. kind of those teams that are kind of hanging around. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, like we said, looking forward after that, at Minnesota, tough place to play, beatable teams. They're right there in that group as well. And then Purdue at home. So these four games are going to be huge. Yeah, this is maybe what makes or break the season. I think we've said that. Yeah, you kind of there, there's definitely, but there's like I feel like in, when you look at a season, like there's ways to pinpoint like yeah. you can group together kind of games. Like you know, at the beginning of the season, we had the you had the non-conference slate. You looked at Louisville, Butler, Arkansas, and uh, and Duke, and those were your big games that you put, took out of the non-conference. I think you also had that with like you know you had your stretch at Michigan, at Maryland. Right. Those were a big couple of games, you know, and then you had the home game against or the at Michigan. You had what was it now? Versus Michigan at home, at Rutgers, at Michigan State, that kind of group of three almost. You know, I feel like there's ways to sort of couple off some of these games. And even to your point um, with, with who Indiana plays, interestingly enough, so obviously Indiana will play home Iowa, home Ohio State, at Minnesota. The three teams ahead of Indiana in the uh, Big Ten rankings, in Big Ten uh, conference standings right now are Ohio State, Minnesota, and Iowa. I, those are the next three teams above them. So, it's a, it's a chance for Indiana. This isn't to say Indiana's going to win any regular season championships or anything like that. But it's a chance for them to move sort of into that next rung of the conference. And and I think I, I said at the beginning of the season I think this team has the talent to be a top four team in the Big Ten. I really do. Um, but obviously things have fallen off. But kind of like you said, Murphy, I, I think it's interesting because you look at the games that Indiana lost over that stretch, seven games. You lose to a top five Michigan team, a prop top 20, right, twice, a top 25 Maryland team, a pretty solid Nebraska team, and a Purdue team that's playing as well as anyone in the Big Ten. 15 team right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, you lose to Northwestern, yes, you lose to Rutgers. Those are bad losses. And those were games that Indiana had their chances in. But when you – not to say not to say that there's a good loss because I really hate that metric, but, like, they're not games that Indiana – had to win or should have won. It's more the games that you know move you up the rungs rather than the ones that destroy your season. Right, and I think a big reason why they obviously look bad during those games. Right, I mean they looked terrible against Michigan, terrible against Purdue. Don't get me wrong. Exactly, and, and Nebraska. A couple games that were games they should have won. They yep. probably should have beat Nebraska at home. And yep. They, did. they probably should have beat Northwestern. They had Mar- They had Maryland on the ropes. They had Maryland. Yeah, they had Maryland beat for a while. So I mean. Yeah, I agree. I think it was. You have to kind of look at the games they played and realize that it was a tough stretch. But, I mean, seven in a row is seven in a row. And that's that's hard to bounce back from. But, I mean, this is their opportunity right here. Yeah, they've got I think, I think if they win two out of the next four, that's good. Yeah, I uh, no, I think you're right. Four, that's huge. And I think even if you end up just beating Minnesota and, say, Ohio State, who are maybe the two lower-tier teams out of that, that, game, that four-game stretch – those are solid wins, and they're the ones that keep you afloat. I mean, realistically, to jump into a little bit more like March Madness talk. Um, These are teams on the bubble right here, Ohio State, Minnesota. Yeah, definitely. And to be fair, neither of those teams have the resume that Indiana has in terms of t- quality wins. Indiana has some bad losses, but um, the quality wins meter Indiana's got, they might be, I don't know if this is right, but they might be the only country team in the country with three top 15 wins, other than, other than maybe Duke. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about those higher teams. I can't think off the top of my head. But anyway, you know, this is it. But, I mean, there was some talk yesterday on ESPN after the game, and they were saying, you know, this is the kind of game that, you know, you win those two games early in the season. That's fine. That's a long time away from March. 
the committee's going to remember ga- games closer to closer to March, and you go on the road, beat a really good Michigan State team, albeit Josh Langford is out for the season, and that does change the dynamic of this Michigan State team. But Cassius Winston had 26 points. <laughs> like, it's it's not like, right, they're not lacking for star talent. Um, So you, you go in and beat a team like that. This is the kind of thing that moves, this is the kind of win that moves you over the bubble, over the hump, uh, into the tournament. And I think that, I mean, you've got nine games left in this season, right? You look at that, and they're sitting at 13-9. and nine. I think they probably have to win five of those nine games. Get you around. I think you finish 18-13, and 13 in the, and you finish around. That gives you 9-11 and 11 in the conference. Yes, it's a losing record in the conference, but based on the quality wins they have, I think they still that still moves you over the bubble. I think that's it. I think 18's kind of excuse me, 18 wins is kind of the magic number. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that's about what they need. Maybe four. Yeah. Four right there. If they're at 17, it's gonna be harder to put them in the at like sitting at 17 and. Weak bubble this year. I will it is, and so, sitting at 17 and 15, I'm just kind of like, do you? I, that number just looks off. You know what I mean? But. But I, I agree. I think they could. I think seventeen gets them in the conversation. I think eighteen I think gets them. Seventeen gets them in the conversation, and maybe like in towards the, the top of the bubble, first four out. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, or maybe even like the first or the last, last four in. Play a game in Dayton. Right. Archie's That's return. Whew. And then if they win five, I think they're they could still be one of those last four in. But yeah. I think they could also be you know a little higher than that as well. And like you said, they they've got winnable games down the stretch in this season. I mean, like you know, Minnesota and Ohio State are both winnable games, and even they close the season with Illinois and Rutgers, and those are both games that you assume Indiana's going to win. Now, nothing, not that I can assume anything anymore because I said that Indiana would lose by twenty in a Q and A yesterday, two days ago. So take that for what it's worth. But um, <laughs> you've got Illinois and Rutgers to close out the season. That's a that's a nice way to build some confidence heading into Big Ten play, or Big Ten tournament play. Um, and then you've got game opportunities for big wins still sitting on your roster. You got a, a rematch with Michigan State. You have your one game against Wisconsin this year, and the game against Purdue. Top, I mean, that's three top fifteen, te- top twenty five teams. Um, and Wisconsin's at home too. Yeah, Wisconsin's at home. Have two games against Iowa. I mean, this team like that's the thing that I was saying last week is that when you look at this schedule, the way it's set up, Indiana's schedule does them favors in that the Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball this year. I think top to bottom. Um, I think even Rutgers and Illinois, who are that are not the worst teams in the Big Ten, are can be. I mean, you saw it. Rutgers beat Indiana the other night. I mean, they're both capable teams of winning winning some games. So I, I think just because of how strong the conference is, Indiana's got it's going to have and does have opportunities in front of them. Um, and 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 I think that's why it was even in the midst of a seven-game win streak. And hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, it's easy to speculate, but. I felt pretty confident that, you know, if they win a game here or there, they get some mojo back. Like, this is a team that can win some games down the stretch. And I think, like I said, there's there's plenty of opportunities in front of them. Oh, yeah. And I think this next game with Iowa at home, they win that game, and we'll, we'll say it's probably going to be a pretty crazy crowd. Yeah. Two really good wins against, I think, Iowa's ranked. Iowa fell out of the rankings this past week, but they were ranked, I think they were ranked 19 last week. Right, okay. So, I mean, they've been in and out. Yeah. Still a good team. You get two big wins like that in a row. Yeah. I think that's I mean, I think that's huge moving forward. I think the confidence level goes up. I think confidence level goes up with not only the players but the fan base as well. And we've talked about this with this program many times. That's a really important thing, believe it or not. If you have the the fan base backing you, um, 
then this team plays better. I mean, it's just obvious. And yeah. we've seen in that stretch where when things got ugly, the crowd did too, and it, it just it all kind of imploded on itself. So I think the Michigan State win obviously is kind of that could be the turnaround they need. And I think this Iowa game is just the next opportunity for them to back that up. Because if you, I mean, still you lose an Iowa at home. It's not it's the not, end of the world. It's not the end of the world, and it's still. Not it, it's a game you'd like to have, but if they lose, it's not. It doesn't kill you. Right. But if you do get it right after that, I think that's. I think that's huge. I think it becomes that much bigger. Yeah, I agree. And for what it's worth, Iowa received twenty-eight votes in last week's poll. The new right. poll will come out. Probably uh, And they beat Michigan this week, so they'll presumably be back in the top twenty-five. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree, and I think that that's why you know, that's the. That's the advantage of playing in the Big Ten is you have chances to win against good teams. Week in, uh, sorry, uh, day week weekend day in and day out as well. So um, this is this is a hard team to pick, but <laughs> it's impossible. I can't do it. I like I try to like predict what's going to happen, and I just simply they it's hard. This this is a this is a confusing team that is still figuring itself out, but they're uh, they're starting to sort things out. Um, looking just down the stretch say you know they've got Iowa Thursday Ohio State I think it's Sunday um I feel like I don't want to call it a must win but I feel like Ohio State's one of those kind of like gimme games not that Ohio State's a bad team but they've been in kind of the same funk that Indiana has and you gotta think if Indiana beats Iowa they're gonna be ready for that game presumably three days later and then they have six days and then they don't play Minnesota till the following Friday so they've got time like the Minnesota game at the barn that's gonna be a they're gonna have some time um, to prep for that, but I feel like in, this is kind of one of those mini mini stretches with Iowa and Ohio State. They're both winnable games that, like, if you get those in your bag now, you're sitting at 15 wins with seven games left in the season. Really, you only need three of those seven, um, and that gives it, it by the metric that we're determining. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's say so. Let's do a little little predicting. Not that we've done great with that in the last week, but you know, so be it. Indiana shocked the world. Um, Let's say this team finishes eighteen fifteen or eighteen fourteen rather. Um, where do we peg them in the tournament? What do you see them as a seed? Eighteen and thirteen rather. Yeah, eighteen thirteen. Yeah. They went five and four down the stretch these last nine games. Is what you're saying? Yeah. I think they're in. Yeah. Um, I think they're. I think you would have to put them firmly in. Yeah. To be honest, because that puts what's their Big Ten record been at that point. Uh, that would put them at 9, nine and 11, which for the best conference in college basketball this year, that's, it's really respectable. Yeah, so I think that puts them firmly in, I think. Um, and then, like we said, four wins, they're right, I mean, they're, they're really teetering right there on the bubble. Yeah. But I think 18 gets them in, and I don't, I don't think they even get past, like, that last four in sort of thing. I don't think they're one of the, you know, the people in Dayton. I think they get out. I think they're like a 10 or 11 seed if they do that. Um, because, like we've talked about, they've got good wins on their resume. Um, and, you know, the thing is, they need to beat some of these other teams in the Big Ten that are on the bubble. Yeah. That's going to come in. Huge yeah. Because we're talking Ohio State, Minnesota. That's why these are, yeah, these next two. Yep. Those those teams are right there with them. Uh, I'd be curious to see if they get it. They would say get. I. I mean, presumably, and this is before the NCAA tournament starts, but presumably they'd probably get a team like Nebraska if they go nine eleven in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Probably, I would think. Yeah. Nebraska, Minnesota, somebody like that. Yeah. So I mean, 
every game down the stretch here is going to be important, obviously. Um, but those games, when you're playing against those teams that are kind of like them, same kind of resume, sure. that's, those are really important. Those are more important, I think, the other ones. Just because when you, when you look at it, when the committee's starting to look at that, you kind of get into that area where, well, IU's beat these teams, but Nebraska's beaten them, Minnesota's beaten them, you know. These teams are right there on the bubble. If they've all beaten IU, they could easily jump in over them. You know, I mean, that's just – got to look at the head-to-head sort of thing, too. I mean, I don't know. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting because I think, honestly, every one of these <laughs> last nine games, I think, is a toss-up. I think they're all winnable. I, I think I, even despite what happened in East Lansing last night, I still right. think Michigan State is the favorite in that that late uh, – or rather early uh, March game. Um right. March second, oh, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah Bloomington. God, that's gonna be wild. Um, but no, I I think you're right. I think you make a good point in that you know they. Here's the thing: Indiana doesn't even have to be perfect down the stretch. They literally have to go like 500. Yeah, they need to win half their games down the stretch. Um, and I don't think that's asking too much. I think that, like you said, a lot of these games are winnable. And then I think we're talking in circles here a little bit. But right. um. But but let's say they get in. I I probably project them as like I see them as a ten seed. I think they get. I I think eighteen wins. I think they're a ten seed. Yeah, I think they're a ten, and I think they probably end up escaping the last four in where they have to play in that first four yeah. games in Dayton. Though that would be awesome for Archie to go back to Dayton for for a first round game. But if they win seventeen games. They may be in Dayton. Correct. I I think so. I think and I th- now I will say when you look at other bubble teams, I don't know, but. And and we talked about it a little bit. Um, it's a weak bubble, and a lot of bracketology in my free time. Murphy's Murphy's a big bracket guy. A big bracket guy. Um, and and that's sad. I mean, I and I think that you know, I almost feel like even it, like you said with with seventeen wins, I think they almost might escape that first four just because of the three wins that they have. And even the win against Butler looks better. And is a pretty decent win. That's another uh, team on the bubble. That's yeah, that's squarely on the bubble. Correct. Um, so you've got wins there. It's just a matter of kind of. Trying to peg where they're at um, relative to those others, but I think that Indiana's got itself in a position now where they can they can play with some things, and and I think they're starting to figure out that that rotation as they get more healthy, and you know having Deron Davis back is a big piece, and we'll see how healthy Juan Morgan is as we get uh, availability this week, but things are looking up for the Hoosiers. Yep, I think they are. All right. I mean, all of a sudden, hey, out of nowhere, we could be here next week and saying they're. They're trash, you know. It's yeah, it's it's wild. Basketball in this state is a wild thing, isn't it, Murphy? Basketball in the country right now, college basketball is wild. Sports are weird. Sports are weird. Sports are weird. Now uh, that's uh, that's pretty much all we've got here. Reminder: Indiana is now thirteen and nine and just beat the number sixteen in the country, Michigan State at Michigan State. Murphy, any closing thoughts? I don't think so. All righty, well put. Uh, that's all we've got for you guys here today on the Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast presented by TIS College Bookstore. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week.